But anyway, let's get right into the Word. We want to thank God for those that have come. We want to uh, thank God for everybody kind of, you know, following along with us in the Bible. And I want to share a little bit this morning on a message I've entitled, Faith for the End Times, or Will End Times Destroy your faith. Somebody said, Brother Lee, that's a long title. Well, I won't repeat that every time exactly like that. So basically, faith for the end times. And uh, we believe when we got faith in God and we stand and trust in the good Lord, that uh, certainly he will honor that faith. Now, I want you to open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. And I want to look at verse number 24. The Bible says, speaking of the Lord, from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. A little word hid stands out to me this morning. Oftentimes we know there are people, and sometimes we may have done it ourselves, we have hid our faith. We've had an opportunity to, you know, act upon the door that God opened or the avenue that the good Lord opened unto us and we simply hid our faith. Doesn't mean you need to be a Bible thumper on the street corners. Doesn't mean that you need to always uh, speak something. You're also, uh, I think, encouraged to listen. But... uh, The Bible said he was in this house, and he would have no man to know it, but he could not be hid. Now, I want to look at verse number 25. But a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician. By nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Now, I have the little thing that I like to always say no one else has but me, but that's not true. I think you know that. It's a, a little Franklin language master, LM 2200, and I've always said most people don't have the 2200 they have the 2000 but nonetheless I use it often and I went into this name uh, Syrophoenician and it defines it as a serpentine meaning a snake fiendish demonic devilish satanic uh, an extremely wicked person now That doesn't necessarily mean that this woman was. But that's how the Jews and most of the people uh, viewed these, these people. Now she comes to the place where Jesus would have no man to know that he was there. And uh, she finds out how I do not know. But the Bible only says she was a certain woman and her daughter was oppressed of the devil. Now, I like to believe that this woman sought him out. Amen? I like to believe it was the act uh, of hiding your faith that destroys your faith. 
And she didn't hide her faith. Somebody said, do you think she believed in him? Well, she had heard of him. She had heard of the mighty works that he does and did. And so she sought him out, I believe. Uh, The Bible says literally that faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. She wasn't seeing it among whoever she had her acquaintances with. She wasn't seeing it happen. So she sought out the Lord. Now, the Bible says in verse 27, Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. Another place I think it says the dogs eat the crumbs that falls from the master's table. And so she repeats this, and he said unto her, For this saying, go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. Now, he didn't have to journey there. He didn't have to go there. All he had to say to her is that it has been taken care of. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil, listen to this, gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. Now, When I'm reading this, I I drop back on through into verse number 31, a different scenario. Somebody says, well, what is that going to have to do with anything? Well, it will. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they besought him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers into his ears. He spat and touched his tongue. Now, this is different uh, what Jesus is doing here than most of the times. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said unto him, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. Now, he was in a house, and uh, there could be many reasons that he, he wasn't hiding. God doesn't hide from his people. He doesn't hide from the works that he does. But you've got to understand, when Jesus was here, he had the same physical limitations as we do. He got tired. He got weary. He got hungry because he took upon him the nature of man. Now, all throughout the New Testament, Men of all walks of life have came to know that trusting in the Lord can bring deliverance. Amen? So they would bring people to the Lord in his days to cast out devils. Now, we don't have everything recorded that he done, but we do know that his works obviously were magnified and people heard of it and they would seek him out, I mean 24 probably hours a day. Now, faith in him also, they believed it would bring salvation. And they believed that in times of trouble, that this man, Jesus, would see him through. His word alone, nothing else, can increase your faith. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. He will honor any man's faith. I believe that with all of my heart. But that man's faith, has to honor and trust in him and him alone. Now, sometimes we have that issue sometimes. There's, there's been people I've known, people that I've known of late, 
Christians, believers. I don't believe that you should ever, you know, pray to the Lord, ask the Lord, and, and you know, just keep perhaps asking him. But don't really go to a doctor like, you know, for some something to be done or whatever. Well, I, I personally believe that the doctors, uh, especially Christian doctors, I believe the Lord works with doctors oftentimes. I, I have family members that I believe that if they could have got to the hospital fast enough, uh, they might have lived another 10 or 15 years. Now, you know, this, you're, you're saying, well, Brother Lee, you're just thinking that. But there is a great possibility. So we, we have to know that we put God first. Our faith has to be in Him. It has to be in Him alone. But there will come a time if you do not get what you've asked God for doesn't mean that you're forsaking God. Because oftentimes I do believe that God, and, and more times than often, he's working with medical science. I believe that with all of my heart. But I do believe he honors a man's faith when that man, honor, his faith, honors and trusts in God. Now, when you take him at the sovereignty of his word. Now, I've taught and I've uh, kind of spoke over the past few weeks that all religious men do not stand on God's word alone. We went through the... Reformation, we talked a little bit about that. we done some things about the early changes in the church, and we kind of shared some history along that line. Uh, but today my sermon is faith for the end times. Do you have faith for the end times? Listen, things are going to get worse. I've said it. I mean it with all my heart. I do believe the good Lord has set us up a king in what we would call the presidency that is foreturning things back in favor of God. I mean, I've heard reports how people come and they pray with them. Uh, there was just the other day, there was a young basketball, uh, girls basketball team that went up there uh, to the White House, got an invitation to go, an opportunity to go. And uh, from what I hear, uh, the, the president had prayer with them. We've heard of different men of faith that has gone, laid on hands, joined him, the vice president, in the circles, and they believe in prayer. Now, there's those that's always going to be skeptic, but goodness gracious, I would rather go to the extreme that, that somebody really trusted in the Lord and uh, was willing to do that and put forth the good Lord ahead of men uh, in the presidency and in that office than to have it the other way where uh, God is kicked around like an old football. You know what I'm saying? And so we're thankful for that. It's a time to breathe. It's a time, perhaps, to get things straight in our own lives and perhaps in our country where it'll be straighter and it'll be better for our children. Now, that's the way I believe. I think a lot of you believe that same thing. Now, I want to go to John chapter 16 here in the New Testament. I want to look at verse number 12. I've entitled the message, Faith for the End Times. Now, look at this. The Lord is speaking in the 12th verse of John 16. And he said to the apostles, I have yet many things to say unto you. But he said, you can not bear them now. I've got things I'm going to reveal to you. I've got things that I'm going to share to you. But you just are not ready to receive them at this point. That's basically what I'm getting from this. But look what he says in verse 13. How be it when he, the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, is come, 
He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you what? Things to come. Things to come. You can't bear it now. I have many things to tell you, but the Holy Spirit is going to teach you these things. He's the teacher of the Word, and He's going to reveal these things to you. So the question is, do we have faith for the end times, or will the things to come destroy our faith? We've talked about the mark of the beast. We've talked about the buying and the selling. We've talked about all of these things, just a little, just a little touch, just to review ourselves and bring us back up to date. Because we know that even regardless of the time that we're going to have with our President of the United States, it will come to an end. Do you hear what I'm saying? And things will perhaps go back the way they were. I look back in the history of Israel, and they would have a good king, a godly king, and he would turn things back and God would bless. But right after him, if you'll read it in almost every case, after him, following him, would be a king that would go back. They would take the people back into the old ways that God did not honor. And they would go into oftentimes uh, just dire needs because of that. Now, I want to look here in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. I want to share a scripture, I think, or so here. Uh, again, I've entitled the message... Well, I'm going to have to back back that way to go to Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. I have entitled uh, the message, Faith for End Times. Now, in this passage of Scripture, I only want verse number 20, the latter portion of verse 20 of Matthew 28. The Lord is speaking. And he says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto... The end, what's that say next? The end of the world. Now let's let that be a faith builder in our hearts. Oftentimes we hear the negative, and sometimes we hear so much negative, it really has a, an effect on us. I remember when we went into Iraq and um, uh, went into there, and I followed that on. I couldn't get enough of following that on the television and the radio. I, I just, I, I thought there, you know, how we could lose guys, but we knew, you know, some things was changing, some things was happening. And it's like you just get, you get too much, just to be honest with you. You get too much. You have to not change your faith, but you have to put your faith back into motion. You've caught up on some news. That is fine. Don't stick your head down in the sand and hide, you know, just, you know, you may wish the ghettos didn't exist and you may wish that all the little children in the world were were fed, you know, and taken care of in the right manner. But, you know, just wishing don't get it done. It doesn't change the fact. And so, you know, I realize that sometimes you you got to be reminded of your faith. You've got a faith walk. You came to know the Lord by faith. And you came to know His Word by faith. And you believe that by faith you're saved through his grace. We believe that. It's not of our works. But uh, he said, I am with you. And I want you to pay close attention because so many times we are so earthly bound 
that we feel like this earth is going to just stay the same even though we come to church, we read our Bibles, go to other places, you know. We just feel like it's, it's this way. And even though we're Christians, we feel like perhaps it won't really change. And so we're not that conscious of it because of our thoughts and our feelings. But he says, I will be with you until the end of the world. There's going to be a change. Now, the end of the world and the end of the age are one and the same. When speaking about uh, the world to come, most of the writers, in fact, probably all of the writers of the New Testament were familiar with the Old Testament. Yet they wrote and spoke in a world that was shaped by the Jewish view of the end. For the Jewish people thought concerning what the Jewish people thought concerning the end. And oftentimes, you know, we pick up on things because we were brought up in such and such a way. And so we pick up on that. It becomes kind of easy to us and familiar to us. I'm talking about concerning the coming of the Lord the first time. And the Jewish people were certainly looking for a Messiah. But let me continue on. They believed that if the true Messiah would come, he would certainly set up the kingdom Again, in Judea. Now, I want to look real quick in Acts chapter 1. I want to just have one verse, I believe, here. Acts chapter 1. And it would be verse number 6. And you've got to remember this is after the cross. It's after his ascension. It's after his uh, reappearing. Verse 6, Acts 1. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord... Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? That was their desire. That was their hope. And of course, David, I mean, the Lord comes through the lineage of David. And many times when you're reading in the Psalms, and I actually heard some scripture this morning that Brother Josh shared with us, and it was a prophetic scripture, which means it it related unto the Lord. The same thing related unto the Lord. You'll find that a lot of times throughout the Psalms and David's uh, writings. But he's, he says here, the, those that ask him, at this time will thou restore again the kingdom to Israel. Now, he was born king, amen? It would have been in his ability to set up that type of a kingdom. But can I say to you, there was a possibility that Israel misunderstood his appearing. The prophecies were there. They read them. They taught them. But they misunderstood this prophecy. And I think we could all say that was for sure. It was not God's plan to come at that time and set up an earthly kingdom like David had. Now let me ask this. Will a prophecy misunderstood... Put your faith in jeopardy. Is there that possibility? In fact, I'd like to even restate that. Can a prophecy concerning end times, Jesus said the end of the world would come because he said he would be with you until the end of the world or the end of the age. Can a prophecy concerning the end times be misunderstood, misinterpreted, and miscalculated to the detriment of one's faith. Would you probably say, yeah, I believe there's that possibility. 
Because there's a lot of people when the prophecies were misunderstood came to a point and a time when they weren't fulfilled as they believed they would be fulfilled. Man, I'm telling you, it was like, what do we do now? Do we keep trusting in the Word because it seems as if the Word has led us astray? Now, I want to go to Amos chapter 9 in the Old Testament. Amos chapter 9. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. And oftentimes people, and here's the problem with so many times people have put their faith in a religious organization or a religious person uh, you know, uh, but, but can I say something to you? And I wish this wasn't the case. Uh, prophecy is probably one of the biggest uh, money makers. Uh, books, magazines, uh, teachings, it's probably one of the biggest money makers there is in all of religion. I mean, it's just it's stated just exactly how it is. And in the book, oftentimes, you know, uh, it comes, leads up to a point and leaves that point. And at that position, it's, of course, up to you to... Uh, you know, they hopefully that you'll follow along with it and you'll buy the next book. I'm not saying uh, get rid of the books. I'm just saying be very cautious, especially not only in prophecy, because I believe all of God's word is prophecy. <laughs> I, I really do. I believe all of God's word is, word is prophecy. It's meat in due season. So therefore, what I'm saying is, he said, you can't understand it now. But he didn't go on and finish that and say, but the day will come. He did say that the Holy Spirit would come and lead you and guide you in all truth. And so that probably negates what I just said a while ago. But I believe all of God's word is prophecy. Therefore, it is meat. Therefore, it is meat in due season. A lot of times people will come to the Lord and they will receive only what they can uh, really comprehend to some degree in their heart and in their spirit. And uh, some will come a whole lot faster. Some takes a little more time. But uh, God will still honor your faith if you put in your faith in him and his word alone. And he'll take you through these things step by step. Sometimes we want the big, big step, you know. And uh, we sometimes don't need the big step. We need to just let God show us in life. And uh, I've always been a firm believer that uh, we are not to follow any man, including myself. Uh, all we do is kind of refresh people to go back into the Word of God. Now, I want to pick up real quick here in Amos chapter 9, verse 11. It says, In that day, and certainly the uh, people of Judah were, were hoping this would be the case. They were being ruled by uh, Rome, and uh, they were in a lot of affliction. And uh, so the Bible says, In that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, or the house of David. That is what? That is fallen. means it's fallen down. I will close up the breaches, the gaps. I will raise up its runs, and I will build it. As the days of old. Drop down to verse 14. And I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel. And they shall build the waste cities. And inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit 
of them. And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord God. Now the Jewish thought was from this type of prophetic scripture. But the timing didn't happen at the cross, and certainly at the resurrection. Lord, at this time will thou restore again, basically, the kingdom of David, the tabernacle of David that is fallen down. Now the word says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith cometh by the New Testament or it doesn't say faith cometh by the Old Testament alone, but it says by the word of God which is the Old Testament and the New Testament. In fact, all they had back in those days of the Lord and in those days of Paul was the Old Testament. Amen? So that's all they ever had. Me and you have the New Testament and the Old Testament which we believe is the word of God. Now, The word was there for Israel in their teachings. The prophets were theirs. So how did they not receive the Messiah in his day or in his day of appearing? I want to give you what I believe to be the answer. They didn't see a Messiah that fit their faith. Let that sink in. They didn't see a Messiah that fit their faith. In fact, I have a book at home, and and this is not an Old Testament uh, time or the time of the Lord or the time of any of the apostles or the writers of the Bible. This is more current, that even in Israel today, they're still looking for two messiahs. They think one is it, and they think another one is it. And you've got to remember the children of Israel and most of the people of, uh, of Judea, they didn't believe in the first messiah, so they think he ain't come yet. But they think he will come, and then I don't know how they deal with a second coming, but they definitely believe that he hasn't come. And I've said this before, it sounds real harsh, but as much as that I can say that Islam is Antichrist, I can say that Jewish people are Antichrist. What does that mean? There's many Antichrist. It means they don't believe in Christ, the Messiah. They don't believe in him, so therefore they are Antichrist. Now, when Paul talked about, he said, all Israel shall be saved, he went on and talked a little bit later, there is a remnant. As it said in the days of Elijah, there were 7,000 that had not bowed their knee to Baal. So when I look at that 7,000, a lot of people say, now there'll be 7,000, you know, so-and-so. Well, that's not what the 7,000 represents. The 7,000 there means that God's got people. God's got a remnant. God's got people that have stuck with his word through hell and high water. Amen? We believe that in every age. So they didn't see the Messiah that fit their faith. If that is true, or at least close to being true, is there the possibility that Messiah who came doesn't fit the faith of the Christian church today either? If you stop and think about it. Is there that possibility? Paul said if they come and preach another Jesus, if they come and preach basically, you know, a lot of these other things that are anti-God, he said let them be accursed is what he says. And it doesn't mean that people have deliberately uh, accepted another Messiah. But can I say I believe the Messiah that came doesn't fit in the mold of most churches today. Amen? Just doesn't fit there. Just doesn't fit there at all. Doesn't mean that they're 
is not a spirit of Christ there. It just means that his teachings were far off from what is being taught and accepted in most of the church churches today. He is the incarnate word, amen. He is the word in the flesh that came, amen. He is the only one that can baptize in the Holy Spirit. He is the way the Bible says. He is the truth and he is the life. No man comes to the Father but by him or through him. He is the word settled in heaven forever. He was not born, listen to me, on December the 25th. I I want to say this because that's all I'm going to say about it. And people will say, well, I know he wasn't. But it really doesn't make much difference to them whether he was or he wasn't. All I'm saying, he just wasn't. And I think history, you go back and most people that have searched realize that Christ Mass, or what we would call Christmas, is not is not the time of Christ's birth. Now, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. And, and don't get me wrong on this. I'm just simply saying... It's you never can say Brother Lee told us to believe this or told, I've told you to follow God and ever since I've been preaching 35 years or more and it has never changed. I believe that the Bible has your answers. I don't. Now I look in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 26. He said, I will restore thy judges. He's speaking to Judah and he's speaking to Israel. He says, and I will restore thy judges as at the first, and thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterwards thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment, and her converts with righteousness. And the destruction of the transgressors and of the sinners shall be together, and they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed. Now following right down into chapter 2 of Isaiah, just a few verses in that chapter, starting in verse 1. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. Many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up into the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 4, And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And one verse, another verse, verse 5, O house of Jacob, come ye, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now, either we have faith for the end times, or end times, I believe, will destroy our faith. Can I say to you this morning, yes, God honors time. He created time. He set time in order. But can I say our timing, timing, now that's a little bit different. Our timing is not always spot on with his timing. Can I say this also? Things are not always as they seem things are not always as they seem do you know some of the same prophecies that Daniel saw and that others saw probably perhaps in the book of Revelation 
They talked a lot about the same thing, but the symbols that represented them differed. Why? Because those that were living in Daniel's time understood for their time what certain things really represented. And those in the days of our time, in the days of the apostles, uh, they weren't shown those same things, those same, you know, the lion, the bear, that sort of thing. They wasn't shown some of these things. They was, it was the same teaching but showing different symbols because the time was different. God will always speak to you in the language that you use. He will always speak to whoever that individual is in, in the manner of the country where he can relate to it uh, is, that way of thinking. God does that. But that doesn't mean that there is a negative there. It doesn't mean that the word has been changed for other people versus this people. He speaks to people in the way that they can best understand it. And if they can't, that's why he came to this earth. He is the way. He is the truth. Bless God. And he is what? He is the life. Thank you, Lord. So oftentimes, and I say this to people, if there's things that troubles you in scriptures, you know, and you, 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 you don't quite understand it, it, maybe the good Lord comes back before we ever understand it all. But don't let somebody else, myself included, lead you away from what the Holy Spirit is showing you. Because it'll either be proven to be right or it'll be proven to be wrong. Don't let it destroy your faith. Now, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 3 real quick. Isaiah ch- chapter 23. Or Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. He continues on and he says, Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them. You're doing right. Righteous deeds. It's going to be well with you. And you shall eat the fruit of your doings. But woe unto the wicked. It shall be ill with them. For the reward of his hands shall be given him. In other words, his doings are going to be measured back to him, whether that's the person that went into the little church in Texas and took all of those lives and disrupted so many lives. You know, you think about it a lot. Can I say to you, and I, I, I've said this before, I want to make it very clear, the enmity, the hatred for God is not something we have to fight against. He said, the battle is mine, bless God. Understand that. The enmity is against Christ. When you have a sickness in your body, when you have a loss of finances, when anything kind of happen to you, it's not because the devil, uh, in some case, got involved there and you had an accident and lost two or three fingers. It's because he hates the good Lord and he hates the good Lord being in your life. Do you understand that? But his enmity is against Christ. It was from the very beginning. It was before the beginning and it will be until he is destroyed. For as my people, verse 12, listen to this. This is sad, but this is a probably a prophecy which I believe I understand. But nonetheless, let me read it to you in verse 12. As my people... Children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. Now, you women, I've said a lot of things. I've, I have, I've got to admit it. I haven't asked God to forgive me for it yet, but I have said the woman's place is in the kitchen. Oh, have I ever regretted saying that? 
Never said anything, Robert, that, I mean, it, I felt like they were going to put laxative in the uh, meals, you know, at the, from my plate at, at the fellowship dinner. I've, I felt bad about it. I thought, how they're going to retaliate and everything else. But I, I don't want to leave you with that thought. We thank God for the kitchen and we thank God for women. But can I say to you, children are their oppressors, it says. Children. Well, when I look at that, I understand by understanding somewhat in prophecy that children, especially little children, are on the milk. Do you understand that? They're on the milk of God's word. Uh, they're not ready for the meat. He speaks about in some of the prophets says, there's a time you need to be weaned from the teats, T-E-A-T-S, which means the breast. There's a time you need to be weaned from the milk and you need to be on the strong meat. What it's talking about, you need to, you don't abandon the milk. You, you're just able to move on to the meat. And I've said this so many times. There was a lady that lived next door to my grandma. And she loved certain meats, but she didn't have any teeth. And she lived with her daughter. The old woman was probably in her 80s or 90s, and her daughter was probably in her 60s or 70s. And grandma said, well, what do you do? She said, well, I chew up mama's meat. I chew up mama's meat, and then I give it to her. And I thought to myself... I don't want no one getting the juice out of my meat. Amen. I just don't want it. It's like the preacher, he was going up and the little lady was in the hospital, you know. And uh, she didn't have any teeth either. And every time he'd go up there and visit and pray for her and everything, he'd reach his hand over there and get, and get a handful of nuts. And so one day when they finally ran, ran out, he told the little old lady, he said, I'm telling you, honey, he said, I, I'm, I'm ashamed that I've ate all the nuts in the bowl. And she said, well, that's all right. She said, I've already sucked all the chocolate off of them. Do you understand? Do you understand? If you don't want somebody else chewing your meat, if you don't want somebody else trying to give you their interpretation, you need to stay with the milk, but you need to be able to go on to the meat, bless God. As for my people, children are their oppressors. They're oppressed because they don't know the word of God. And women rule over them. Women rule over them. That's churches in Bible prophecy with a compromising word. He says, and women rule over them. All my people, they which lead thee. See, he comes right back. Cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. Verse one of Isaiah 4. And I don't know how far I'm going to be able to go on this, but I'll go until the Lord tells me to stop. And in that day, seven women. Now, again, in prophecy, women is referring to the churches. They shall take hold of one man. He's talking about the end time. Saying, we will eat our own bread. We will wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. So what they're asking is this. We're going to believe what we want to believe. But we have an approach, and that's because we have no head over us, no husband. 
And those seven women would be the seven churches taking hold of one man, which is Jesus Christ, but saying, yeah, we we want to be called Christians, but we'll still eat our own bread, which is word, and we'll wear our own apparel. Listen to this. Only let us be called by thy name. He said in verse 2, In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. Gotten out of Israel. Listen to this. Or you could say, for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass, he said, that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. In other words, God is not going to let somebody make it into his kingdom that hasn't been purged by either judgment or by fire. And the Lord will create, then the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and a shining flaming fire by night. Now, the heat, and I'm going to brief it a little bit, the heat, the storm, the rain. Can I say to you, uh, Regina, and can I say to you that are troubled today, The tribulation, the tribulation is the heat and the storm and the rain. We are living in tribulation time. We could say times of troubles. He's promised that the fruit of the earth will be beautiful and glorious. We just read some of it. We're just not there yet at that time. But after the washing and the purging by the spirit of judgment through God's standards by the spirit of burning which is the Holy Ghost fire the, 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 the process which we would call the process of elimination. It's like the sifting. At the time the Lord is really bringing this thing to an end He won't be adding more as many teach. He'll even be sifting what is there? Do you understand what I'm saying? He will either he will be sifting or refining. He said that which remaineth. And so we believe that's pretty much that's we're going to go through a lot of tribulation. But that's why I said to you, do you have faith for the end times? Or we could say faith for the last days. Now, God is measuring his house. He, he has a right to measure his house. He wants to see the results of fruitfulness and multiplication by and through the Holy Spirit. Those results only will be accepted. So it's more washing and more purging. You say sometimes, I just can't take it anymore, Lord. I, I really said these words to the Lord one time. I was in the bathtub in the old farmhouse. We'd lay down at night, and Dad had restored the old farmhouse. He'd done a whole lot of things, but we would look up at the chandelier, and one time we counted 13 uh, stinging scorpions over our bed. <laughs> and it, it had been, the, the house had, had haystacked in for seven years. Now, what kept the old house in the position that it could be remodeled was because whoever had moved out of it, no, they had put a brand-new roof on it. It always had a good roof, a good shelter. And a lot of times it can endure ages if the roof is good and the elements from the outside don't come in and destroy the strength of the house. And so even though we had all of that and we 
we we we felt like we were in God's will for uh, you know moving out to the farm. Dad had bought part of it. Ronnie, brother Ronnie, had bought part of it, and we felt like that was in God's will. We wanted to get our children out of the city, and uh, so all of those kind of things were factored in. And I was raised always raised like that. That's just how it was, and so I liked that. And Dad moved us out there, but I remember some things really got tough. I mean, they got tough, and. One time, I just, it seemed like the Lord was just really heavy on me, and I'd gone out, I'd been out to work, come home, got on the tractor, went out in the fields, we was working in the fields, come back in the house about 10 or 11 o'clock that night. I remember going in and running a bath of water in the old tub, and I remember that I was laying there, and I, for about three days, I said, Lord, I, I just don't, don't think I can take much more, Lord. I mean, it seemed like everywhere we were going to hospitals, uh, even trying to find a time to go to the hospitals, we were time, trying to find time for visitation. We had gone to uh, places where people had been locked up because of mental problems, because someone had said, my loved one is there, can you go by and see them? And it just seemed like we were pressed on all sides. I said, Lord, I can't take very much. And I remember the Lord shook me in that bathtub. And I remember I was just laying back on my back, relaxing in that warm water. And I remember he shook me so hard that the water was just splashing all out of the tub. And I said to him, I said, Lord, I said, I don't feel like I can do any more than I'm doing. And he seemed to impress upon me, I won't ask of you any more than you can do. He said, I'll be with you. Did he not say that? Even to the end of the age. So we may not always get our prophecies right. We may have a mindset that is of a Western mindset, and we may think of some things that differs a little bit from what the Bible shows through its prediction. I'll pick up on this sometime later, and we'll go a little bit farther. But I feel like for today, I just want to really tell you that your faith is what God honors. He doesn't honor your denominational belief. He doesn't honor all of that. I mean, if it's right, he honors that. But I'm saying that's not what puts you in position with God is a church. What puts you in position with God is your faith in God. Amen? It's your faith in God. Can I say the end, and I want to leave this word with you, the end is not about prophecies. The end is about Jesus. You will find him in the end because he will go with us until the end of the world. Can we all stand together? We're going to have prayer, be dismissed, and then we're going to... Regina has asked that as many as would, would uh, come by, and she wants us to lay hands on her and believe with her in this great struggle she's facing in her physical body. And Brother Ronnie, if you'd like to come too and sit right here, he's going to uh, have to wait now a little bit longer. A little bit longer for what needs to be done. And Brother William, can I say this? I got word about Brother William. The doctors, he finally broke down and went to the doctor. He hasn't, he just feels heavy in his chest. Extreme high blood pressure, extreme high cholesterol. And Josh told me one, and diabetes. So all of these things and our brothers in need. So what I want to do, I just want to close in case anybody does have to go. Lord, keep them safe on the highways. Uh, take them to their destination safely. Brother Steve, I ask that you be with them. Any of them that have left a little bit early, keep them safe, Lord, is our prayer. 
And we love them, Lord, in Jesus' name.